All right, welcome to the latest episode of the Simple Ways to Have a Good Life podcast. My name is James, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people as a social worker, a counselor, a meditation teacher, and most recently as a life coach. And this podcast is where I take everything I've learned over close to two decades and I share it with you. So today's simple way to have a good life is pretty easy. It's um, it's pretty concrete. I think it makes a lot of sense, but it's also one that people seem pretty resistant to. And I get that because the thing we are talking about has infiltrated our lives in so many ways that it almost seems impossible to live without it. And that is you can have a much better life just by ditching social media. You know, what I'm saying here, it's nothing new. It's There's been plenty of people write blogs and do shows about this. There's whole books about it. And the thing that I notice is that every time I go look to do a little bit of research on this, man, there are even more articles and more books. So this is really something that seems to be gaining traction. I, I hope it is. Because I really have come to believe that social media is... It's just a toxic thing for us. Um, I get that it's not going to go away. I get that it's it's probably here to stay. But we've got to find a way to make it work for us instead of working against us. And I think that one of the only ways to do that is that you have to choose your relationship to it. So today, I'm going to run through just some of the things that are unhealthy for us about social media. I'm mostly going to focus on talking about what ditching it has done for me. I think the very first thing we have to talk about, though, is what does it mean to ditch social media? And I think there are there are levels to this. You know, you don't have to just delete everything and never use it. I, I'm still on Instagram. I have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook business page. Um, I don't do Twitter. I think Twitter is just Twitter's ridiculous. Twitter is the most ridiculous place on our planet when it comes to talking about anything that actually matters. I blame Twitter for a lot of the... Um, just dumbing down and meanness of our discourse because when you're reducing things to whatever the character limit is now, I know it used to be 140 characters. I think they expanded it or something, but when you're, when you're distilling things down to just something just that basic and that shallow, you're going to deliver shallow information. And we are now a culture that reads the headlines and thinks we've read the article. And so what I see on Twitter a lot is somebody takes a pretty complicated topic. um, They read a blog about it and they go tweet about it. And so before long, people are quoting the tweet. So you're quoting, you're quoting a bad summary of a very surface level treatment of a complicated subject. And then you wonder why we've got so many stupid ideas floating around. So I don't, I don't have a Twitter. I think I might, I think I have a Twitter. I just don't even know how to log into it anymore. So, so I will, I will, I will promote this podcast on, on Instagram. If I remember, I'm really bad about remembering to do that these days, but I'm logged out of Instagram. I don't log in. I use an auto scheduler. You know, I check Facebook for homeschool stuff just because that's the place where it's all consolidated. I mentioned that before. Like without Facebook, I wouldn't know what was going on, what activities were going on for Max. So I use them for what they're intended for and that's it. So just full disclosure, I'm not living in the woods like the Unabomber, just refusing to partake in any social media, but I am very intentional in how I do it. So I think there's a few ways we use social media. A majority of the people I know use it pretty mindlessly. They just, they log in without thinking about it. They scroll until there's nothing left to scroll and they just kind of passively accept everything coming towards them. Uh, I know people who use it purposefully. It's just to keep in touch with people who they wouldn't be able to otherwise. A lot of people use it for like inspiration or growth. That's, that's what I was using Instagram for before I just logged out. 
that's where people follow accounts that kind of teach them something. It's very intentional, but it's still also consuming a lot of very shallow information. And then there's people like me who use it for a business. And that's really, that's 100% what social media is to me at this point. I've got people that I know and like on Instagram. And so I do, I do kind of miss like messaging with them and stuff like that. But it's so far, it's been worth the trade off of not just having to feel this pull to be on there. Um, I think that's something that's very real in social media. This idea that if you're not on there, you're missing out. If you're not posting about everything, you're missing out. And I'll talk about that a little bit more when I talk about what leaving it has done for me. Like I said, there's more and more stuff on the detrimental effects of social media and more and more studies are coming out all the time. You know, Forbes did a publish a report and they, they were, they looked at things like related to social media, like with neglecting your personal life, you know, being preoccupied with it, using it as a form of escape, you know, modifying mood, uh, building tolerance to it, you know, where you, you need a little bit more and a little bit more of new stuff to kind of keep you going. And then, um, and then hiding it from people. And, you know, the scary thing is that those are all kind of the criteria for when something's addictive. Like if somebody was doing those things with alcohol, we'd be like, holy crap, like you got to get help. But with social media, we just accept that that's normal. Uh, You know, the average person either lies or doesn't know how much time they spend on social media because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I spend like maybe 20, 30 minutes a day. Go check your screen time. It's a lot more than that. And those, you know, those, those businesses make a point to try to keep you on there. I think that's one thing that I don't like about social media is that it is geared to keep you on there so they can gather more information on you and sell that information about you. Social media, you are not a consumer. You are not a customer. You are the product. Your data and what they can learn about you and sell to people who want to sell you something, that's the product. And so they do things to keep you on there. You know, that's why Instagram will prioritize your, your account a little bit more. If you post every day, they'll prioritize you. If you do reels, you know, for a while there was just, just do the stories and then do videos and now do reels. They prioritize you. If you are participating in the things that keep people on the app, I get it, man. That's good business. I understand it, but it's not good for us. And we, we have to start acknowledging that, you know, I think that a big problem with social media is that we're in constant comparison mode. You are looking at people who are on vacations. You're looking at these just shithead influencers who are faking a better life than what they have. And so we're natural. That's, that's, as a species, that's what we do. We look to see how we're doing according, you know, by looking at the people around us. The thing is, is that like, like the people in your neighborhood are probably going to be somewhere around your level. Like the natural group that you fit into in the real world, uh, the comparisons are not going to be that drastic. But when you're on there looking at, I don't know, one of those Kardashians or somebody like that, or even just these fake influencers who make their lives look better than they are, that comparing is not good for you. And that's not even to mention that we're not supposed to have that many eyes on us. Like we're like a, we're a tribal species. We're 75 to 150 people in our world, but you can post something on Instagram and thousands of people see it. And simultaneously, thousands of people judge it. Thousands of people offer an opinion, even if they're offering that opinion by not engaging it. And that can start to eat at us. And I think especially for like adolescents and teenagers, that's especially dangerous because they, as an adult, I'm able to deal with this stuff. I think that a lot of really ridiculous ideas have gained traction because of social media. This is not a right wing thing. This is not a left wing thing. I mean, it affects the right. It affects the left. It it affects like health related things. The information I see about mental health on social media is often terrifying to me that, that tens of thousands of people are taking this in as true. The echo chambers that we've created through the algorithms that they want to keep you on the app. So they show you a bunch of stuff you're going to be interested in and stuff that agrees with what you believe. It's locking us into this pattern 
where we see more and more of what we already think reflected back at us. And so we think that it's more real than it is. We think that it's got more group support than it does. And it's becoming this weird, like self-generating thing. Whereas people fall into this, that they reinforce their ideas and then they carry them to others. And so we've got really, really bad information getting a lot of traction. And a lot of that is because of social media. Uh, social media wrecks your sleep. Uh, the number of people who, who are losing an hour or two of sleep at night because they lay down in bed and they start scrolling through TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. And then an hour and a half later, they're still laying there with the light from their phone beaming into their brain. Um, the cyberbullying thing, man, that is real. That is brutal. Uh, the number of people I know whose children have been groomed online by people posing as other kids. Uh, it just if you're a parent, I'm going to encourage you to be very um, up to date on your information about social media and what's going on, because that's a really scary thing right there. I, you know, just when, we, you know, talking about teens and talking about, um, adolescence, like when we're talking about teen mental health and we're talking about like body image, suicidal ideation, self-worth, depression, anxiety, there are so many things coming out that are demonstrating that social media is not helpful in any of those things and might actually be the driver in those things getting worse and worse across our population. You know, the, the, the people who, the people who founded Silicon Valley and the people who, who, who create these platforms, their kids don't get to have social media a lot of the time because the people who are involved in it recognize how detrimental it is. And we can say that, you know, that's only affecting kids, but I'm telling you it affects adults too. I've spent the last 10 years working as a therapist and I can't tell you how often social media was part of the conversation because I posted this and nobody reacted or, you know, somebody said this in the comments and it really upset me. Like it's a constant part of every conversation now. So we can't say that these statistics only apply to teenagers. It's just as adults, we might have more coping skills. But just for the impact on teens and adolescents alone, it's worth just being very knowledgeable about the impact of social media if you have kids. So that's that's just something I implore people to do. If you have children, please be aware of what they're doing online. You know, and then there's 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 just there's a lot of documentation that shows that taking a break from social media is good. Every client I have who who does it, they they go through like a week or two of withdrawal and then they're happier without it. A lot of them never go back. And so that that it just seems like there's absolutely something there that social media is not helping us. It's not good for us. And that's, I'm not even getting into like some of the large scale implications on politics and on the overall ideologies and social philosophies that we are buying into as a culture because of the echo chamber of social media and the way that it takes little ideas and kind of like reflects them back and forth until they're much bigger than they should be. So, so for myself, I I was probably what would be called a late adopter. The only reason I ever got on Facebook was because I was in grad school and everybody there was younger than me, but they were having study groups and I wasn't being included. And they're like, well, we sent out a Facebook message. I didn't know what Facebook was. I had no idea. But that's what got me on there. And I very quickly became one of the toxic elements on social media. I posted inflammatory things. I loved starting fights. I loved posting just like political broadsides. That, that would just draw people in. And I remember one night I posted something shitty. I woke up the next morning and there was a couple hundred comments under what I'd posted and people were fighting. And it was people I knew, but they didn't know each other. They knew, you know, I was the only link. And I just realized like, man, I am creating a lot of strife 
running my mouth the way I do. Like this is not the normal like shit talking that you do between people. Like this is this is different. And so I actually I deleted that Facebook profile. And over the years, I've gone back once or twice, always so that I could have a business Facebook page. Where I really invested was in Instagram, where I had like I had a guy who was helping me build it. Um, I think I think I topped out at like fourteen thousand followers or something. But man, the thing that really hit me was the the self centeredness that social media creates in us. It's 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 like a it's like an, it just feeds your ego. What I tell people, if it is feeding your ego, it is starving your soul. And that's what Instagram does. Like everything I did, I had this thing in the back of my head about, oh, I should, I, I need to take a picture to post this. Oh, how can I turn this into a mini blog? Oh, what can I learn from this that I can share with others? And I've had people over the last year or so tell me like, but those are good things. Like, like you're wanting to share helpful things with other people. Maybe, I don't know, but it doesn't change the fact that like it was it was drawing my ego out at every turn of like, oh, what can I, how can I share this with people? How can I offer this? And it starts to just kind of infect your life. Um, For me, it was very noticeable because that's not really something I naturally do. I don't have a desire to share things. Um, I'm bad about remembering to share things with my wife, uh, much less like, you know, share aspects of my life with people on social media. And so I noticed when it was like, oh, I just had this thought and I bet I could turn it into a little mini blog on Instagram. And oh, this is what the picture would look like. And this is the graphic. And then I also noticed once I crossed a certain number of followers, just the number of people reaching out to me, um, you know, they they reach out like like they're doing it for you, but they really, they want something from you. Some were very like clear about it. And I don't mind that, you know, somebody would, you know, message and say, hey, you should have me on your podcast because I do this. Okay, cool. Like, I appreciate you being upfront. But then I had people from other countries reaching out and like with like serious problems, like 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 counseling type problems, and I couldn't help them. Like I don't know the the I don't know the resources in their country. I don't know the the cultural stuff. Like I don't know if you leave your abusive husband in this country, like are you going to get murdered? I, man, I'm not cut out for that shit. I'm not cut out to be even remotely a little bit famous. I like the people I have on Instagram. I like the people on my mailing list. I like the people that listen to this podcast. Because there's enough of them where I can, you know, where it's worth doing, but I can still keep like a general idea in my head of who you are. I'm not cut out to have like thousands of faceless people bugging me for stuff. Like I'm just, I don't know how people do it. It it seems crazy to me. So, but that, that thing of just constantly pulling it out of me and wanting to be on there, as I started noticing that, and then I started noticing that like, like, you know, I, I don't remember who said it. I've heard, I've heard it said it was Ram Dass. I've heard it said, you know, but you know, they say there's really only two mantras, yum or yuck. And if it, this is where mindfulness is helpful is that if you'll be aware of how something makes you feel, a lot of times you have the answer to what you need to be doing and not be doing. Social media is like, it's kind of tricky because you get on there and you see the likes and you see the comments and you see the follows and you feel good. But there's also like a weird form of suffering underneath all that because it's always like, well, you want more. Well, I want the next thing. And you know, oh, 50 likes, well, why not 60 likes? And, uh, or you post something and you post it at the wrong time or the algorithm just decides it's not going to show it to anybody and you get 10 likes and you say, oh my God, what was wrong with this? And what's wrong with me as a person? There's a form of suffering in that kind of like reward system feedback that they're exploiting. And I think that's what they want. They want us to keep logging on. They want us to keep checking back because that's more time we're logging on the app and that's more information they're getting. That's more they have to sell to advertisers. So 
as I really started noticing this, and then I just noticed it like it stressed me out. Like I don't mind hearing from people. I really don't. But on Instagram, you know, I'd get a bunch of messages a day and some would be the requests for things I couldn't help with. Some would just be somebody telling me they enjoy what I do. Some would be, uh, you know, a lot would be like, Hey, we can help you grow your account or, Oh my gosh, you know, we want to feature you on this page. It's, it's, it's for them. Like they're acting like it's for you, but it's for them. And then a lot of it would be like people sending me memes or reels or something. And they were funny, but man, by the time I got done with, you know, you know, sorting through 15, 20 messages, my focus to do anything else was gone. I wasn't going to go right. I wasn't going to sit down and do a podcast. I just felt drained. And so it's not an energizing form of interaction for me. You know, I'm walking with a client tomorrow at 8 a.m. We're going on a walk. I will have more energy at the end of that because it's an honest interaction. And it's like that energizes me. Small talk and like those shallow surface level, they really drain me. Those interactions just drain me. And that's all social media is for the most part. I did get messages and into threads with people that I really enjoyed, but I don't like the thing of it's like, oh, well, I'm going to talk to you or share this with you because we happen to be in the same place at the same time. It's like, it's the difference between running into somebody like at the mall versus taking the time to like sit down and call them. Uh, That's why I like email is like for email for somebody to listen to this podcast and email me about it, like they got to go out of their way to do that. So what they're bringing is going to be a cool, worthwhile engagement. You know, on social media, people will just, they'll throw in a comment or they'll throw out a message because it takes them five seconds and there's no, um, there's no investment. There's no, there's no bar to like get in, you know, you just do it. You just do it. Um, and I never really had to deal with trolls all that often. I had some people say some dumb shit, but it's easy to like ignore, but I can't imagine how people do it with the trolls. I just saw the other day where some, uh, some woman who works for WWE, there was an online troll. Her fiance is like a boxer and UFC guy. He went to the dude's house and punched him in the mouth. And I'm sorry, that's straight up funny. That's straight up funny. I don't know. I think that this thing of like being able to anonymously say things or say things where, you know, the other person most likely isn't going to show up at your house and punch you in the mouth has made people say a lot more than they normally would. And I don't like that. I think it's contributing to an overall lack of courtesy and a meanness and a militance across all the different spectrums of belief. I I see it more and more and more. And I see more and more where people who I used to just have a difference of opinion with, but we were friends that's going away because they're moving into this thing of like, you're either with me or you're against me. And you know, it's, they're cultivating these online echo chambers. So they don't need opinions other than their own. And then they're reinforcing their opinion in there. So before long, it is, you know, I'm doing air quotes around the word self-evident, but it's self-evident to them that they're right. And anybody who, anybody else is wrong. And so I started, you know, I started getting some messages around that kind of stuff. And I just thought, you know what, I'm not doing this. I I had a lot of people tell me like, no, like what you do here, like I value it. It helps me. And so I felt bad about that. And the, the compromise for me was I use an auto scheduler. I put it in my auto scheduler. It goes, it posts, and I don't look at it. I'm not going to get caught up in looking at all the little metrics that they use to suck us in. I don't know how many likes the last few things I've gotten. I don't know what comments there are. I don't know uh, what messages I've got because that's not what I'm using it for. And, and, and I'm not... I don't think I'm going to go back on that. I don't think I'm going to change it. I know that I feel calmer. I feel less anxious. I feel less imposed upon since I got off social media. Like my world is becoming my world again. 
it's not, I don't feel like I have as many people looking at me, you know, I don't see myself going back on that. I am working on a Facebook group with somebody because I think a group, you know, you get a group with a hundred, 200 people and you can interact with them. That can be like a form of engagement, but I don't want just the, the mindless, uh, you know, somebody liked your page. And so you, that's the extent of the relationship. Like that shit just wears me out and I'm not going back. So I think when we're talking about ditching social media, you've got to decide why, and you've got to choose your level of involvement. Like, do you want zero social media? Do you want to have a little bit of engagement? Uh, which platforms do you want to be on? And I think, you know, going back to that thing of mantra, it's when I started recognizing that when I would click on the Instagram app, it was yuck. I just, I just felt yuck. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be there. And then I had to ask myself, like, so why am I? Why am I doing this? So see how you're feeling. When you hop on Facebook and you see somebody spouting about, I don't know, that the vaccine is putting little demon octopus spawn into your veins and you're, you're going to be, you're going to be a transhuman. And then you're, so you're not subject to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I didn't just make that shit up off the top of my head just now, by the way, that's a real thing. Or the other side where it's like, if you don't get the vaccine, you're a horrible human and you should starve to death out in the wild. Like, as you see these opinions, whether you agree or disagree, notice how they're making you feel and ask yourself, like, is this really worth it? When you see your friend who, you know, the, the kid you went to fourth grade with, uh, when you see them and they're going on their fourth vacation this year, see how that makes you feel. And if it's making you feel like crap, buy out. Like, this is not a necessary thing. This is not real. I get, we got to go to jobs we hate sometimes. We got to deal with coworkers who suck or bosses who suck. You're getting paid for that. You're feeding yourself and your family through that. You ain't feeding anybody because of Facebook or Instagram. And if you are feeding yourself through those things, number one, I'd ask you to ask yourself, like, what kind of impact are you having? Like, are you making the world better with your influencing? Or are you making it worse? If you're contributing to the divisiveness, you're making it worse straight up. If you're doing good things with it, then find a way to do that where it's not going to take, where it's not going to eat you alive, where it's not going to make things harder for you. For me, the auto scheduler's done it. I can post to Instagram and I don't feel obligated to it after that. In fact, that's what I said. I forgot to promote the last few podcasts on there. I've been meaning to promote the newsletter on there. And I just forget because I don't care. When you realize that these online places are not real places, like the, the things that matter and the things that you're important, the things that are like, that are taking up space in your mind, they start to drop pretty drastically and they kind of settle back into place and you feel like you have a firmer foundation. So, you know, choose your level of involvement, be honest with yourself about how it makes you feel and then do it. I would, I encourage everybody, just take a month off completely. Close out everything. Just log off of everything. Take a month away. The first week or two, you might feel like you're missing out. The was FOMO, fear of missing out. I now live in what I call JOMO, the joy of missing out. Like I get really excited when I think about how much more time I've had to do things that I think are important. You know, I've written more. I've read more. Um, I've, I mean, this podcast is weekly again. The newsletter's weekly again. I've been taking Max Camping. Like it's, and it's not just because I got off Instagram. It's because I'm not fragmenting my awareness all the time. I just have more energy for life. And so I think, look at that. Look at that. Know why you're there and make sure it's worth it. If it's not, quit because this shit isn't real and it doesn't matter. 
I really do think that one of the simplest ways you can improve your life, one of the simplest ways to have a good life is to make sure that social media stays in its lane. More and more and more, we see social media as like a normal part of life. It's a normal part of life. It's the first place we go to to look for businesses. It's the first place we go to to see what people are up to. It's For a lot of people, it's the very first thing they click on each morning. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, the other thing I tell you, if you really want to, if you really want to put a barrier between you and social media, take the apps off your phone. You don't need the apps. The reason I started using an auto scheduler is so that I could delete the Instagram app. Not having those apps makes it one more step. And when you have that one step to stop and think, a lot of times you're going to realize like, oh, there's not anything on there I need to go check. There's no reason for me to go look at Facebook. There's no reason to go look at Instagram. There's never a reason to go look at Twitter because Twitter is ridiculous. But just know why you're doing it. If it's not worth it, take a break. Quit. See how you feel after a month. If I'm wrong, dive back in. You'll have so much content to catch up on. It'll be amazing and wonderful. But everybody I know that's legitimately done it have said they were happier that when they weren't on there all the time. They were happier during the break and they went back. And then they're back and they're still not happy, but they're still doing it. And that sounds so much like addiction to me. Talk to somebody who quits drinking or quit smoking, or quits using meth, and they go a month. Like in that month, they feel really good, but they do tend to go back. And as they go back, they don't enjoy it the same way, but they keep doing it. To me, that sounds like addiction. And I just don't want to mess with that. I don't want anything to do with it. As always, I'm super grateful to anybody that takes the time to tune into this. I'm super grateful to anybody on the newsletter mailing list. Um, Love hearing back from people. If you have ideas, holler at me. If there's anything I can do for you, you holler at me. It's just James at James Scott Henson. That's that email I love, and that's where I respond to things. Uh, I'm not sure what the topic is next week. It'll still be one, something from those those 10 things that really changed my life. A lot of people have said, like, hey, please just do more episodes on those. So that's what I'm going to do. I haven't got it picked out yet, but I'll figure it out, and we'll run with it from there. I look forward to talking to you next week. And I hope you have a great week, that you understand you're going to die someday, and that your time matters that you love yourself, you love everybody around you, and that you're just able to be at peace. Take care.